quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, yes, guy. Welcome aboard. And uh, this is episode 55 of Yes Guy. Jim Taddy and Perry Left go with you. Perry, how are you today, sir? Jim, I'm doing great. I was at a party last night hosted by our sponsor, Herb Braley, and I saw Lucas Meyer there. So I have to ask you a serious question. Am I talking to you, Jim, or is it <laughs> Lucas Meyer? I don't know. You could be talking to Lucas Meyer. You could, and let's go to our sponsors. No, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> was that good enough? It was you doing imitation of Lucas doing imitation of you. It's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah, the third person experience is kind of weird for me, but nonetheless, tell us about the blast. Well, Herb uh, put together a variety of bands at Classic Bowl, which I often mention, and uh, it was a, a great time, tons of fun, really festive. It was kind of almost a great cup atmosphere. Oh, that's great. So, who are the, who are the bands? Tell us about the bands. Uh, one of the bands was. Uh, uh, the Kings, famous for a song called Switching the Glide. Uh, there was a variety of other bands. Um, if I get into all of them, I'm going to spend too much time. I just want to say Herb Braley puts on a good party. Okay, and we'll offer you Herb's services later on in the broadcast. Before we get going, looking for the perfect holiday gift for the entrepreneur or student in your life, head over to fox40shop.com to order a copy of Fox 40 founder Ron Foxcroft's new book, The 40 Ways of the Fox. Net proceeds of book sales will go to Liberty for Youth and City Kids, two organizations that do wonderful work in our community. And if you're looking, you might be looking for an experienced real estate agent. Charles Park, managing broker, Remax West Realty Brokerage, has 26. In a week's time, I'm going to have to change that to 27 award-winning years of real estate experience so looking for the highest level of knowledge experience and service put charles park in your corner visit charlespark.ca or call him or text him at 647-292-8886 servicing from hamilton to kingston from toronto to muskoka charles park will not be outworked by anybody he's going to join us very shortly in segment number two jimmy barker will stop by talking about of course the coupe gray and uh, then in segment three sarah orleski talking about the gray cup as well and then in segment four Yes, guy, no guy. And just because I've had rest, Perry, I've got some, there's at least one wacky yes, guy, no guy that you'll make no sense of, but that's not going to stop me. Bring it on, as a famous person once told me. Oh, okay. Well, speaking of bringing it on, let's, let's bring on Charles Park, uh, one of our major sponsors here. Charles, how are you today, sir? I'm excellent, Jim. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So I guess, you know, at, at, at this time of the year, as we close out on the Christmas season, a lot of people think that's a downtime for real estate. What, what's the state of the market? So the state of the market right now is that it's business as usual. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of media coverage uh, regarding, uh, you know, how uh, there's a lack of inventory and whatnot out there. I think there's a lot of clarification that needs to be made out in the marketplace. Yes, transactions are still up year over year. And uh, the average price is uh, ridiculously high right now. Uh, we're like well over $1.16 million average price in the, in the greater Toronto area on the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board stats. But uh, when you think about it, it's demand. That's really what's, uh, what's, what's happened out there. Yes, the inventory is lower, but demand continues to rise and outpace 
the supply that's being put out there in the marketplace. And that's no different for the Christmas season that we're experiencing right now. There is still a strong demand. Uh, don't be uh, fooled by it being December. Uh, the, the you know numbers continue to rise. Average prices continue to rise. Opportunities also continue to rise as well. So that's something that people should take a note of. Charles, I've heard an expression come up recently called rent to buy. I don't completely understand it. Can you explain it for me? Well, it's not something that's commonly used in our industry. Uh, I have a couple of agents that uh, try to specialize in that. Uh, it's actually, it's, it's, it's fairly complicated. Uh, there are two sides to this. Like, I, I think it, it might be, I remember a condominium developer in the, in the North York area, for example. I think it was the Daniels um, uh, development that actually uh, had a direct room builder rent to own program. Uh, however, the, you know, it was, it was fairly structured. It was, it was so rigidly structured that you would be putting aside in your monthly rent such an enormous amount of money to put aside for the down payment that it, it was almost unachievable for, for most uh, uh, entry-level homeowners. Uh, the, the other side of this, if you're looking at the private sector who are looking to resell homes and are willing to accept a, a rent-to-own agreement of purchase and sale, it's that price that you're gambling on at the time that you're uh, able and willing to own. Because of the appreciation in prices right now, no owner is really in their right mind going to guarantee that let's say in five years, you're my tenant for five years. What's the price going to be for my home in five years? Can, can, we, can we negotiate that and lock that in today in 2021, 2022, or 2026 or 2027? You can, you're going to guarantee me you're going to sell your home at this particular price? Who's going to do that? Uh, Charles, I just want to go back to what we were talking about originally off the top. I mean, you're really describing the seller's market. Um, and in our discussions, uh, you and I, over the years, uh, we both agreed that the real estate market is, is the fairest because it, it corrects. But how long has it been a seller's market, and what triggers the correction? Well, Jim, you and I worked together the last time. It briefly switched from a seller's market to a buyer's market. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was like someone turned off the switch, and it was all thanks to Kathleen Wynn and her policies, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so that was, what, 2017? So, yeah, so, so, I mean, it's going to take something like that to switch this market? We, this is what we're really afraid of, because every time the government gets involved in trying to correct, uh, it, doesn't have, it doesn't end up turning out to, to be, uh, you know, in the way that they would have thought or hoped for it to go. So um, the market will continue to rise. What really is the biggest issue here and what people need to recognize is, you know, as long as demand remains strong and the, the, the construction, the supply of, you know, single-family detached, detached homes continue to be very sparse, that's where you're seeing the pressure on prices to rise. It's a simple economic theory, supply and demand. But let's flip over back to the condo. It's, that's the entry-level price point. We're looking at single-digit price increases in the condominium sector. And I, I, if, you don't, if, you, if, you, if you bear with me, uh, I wanted to really touch upon what I tried to talk about in the last time I was on your show, and that was the City of Toronto's uh, decision uh, through council to, to make anywhere between 10 and 20% of all new condominium developments being built in key development areas being allocated to affordable housing. And it's, uh, we've had a little bit more information since we last spoke. I, think, I believe that was uh, mid-November. So we've had about a month yeah. now to sort of uh, examine what, what this actually really means. Uh, they're taking a, a, a real good stab at this. So you've got all of these condominium developers making tons and tons of money. Even though the owners that bought these condominiums, 
they're going to be making money hand over fist and not, re- not really addressing the affordability issue. So imagine being a developer and being required by law uh, to give, you know, starting with 10% and eventually up to 22 23% of your units and have them built as affordable housing. That's the kind of thing that's, that's something that uh, we're not accustomed to in the, in the, in the greater Toronto area. Well, you know, just to, to go back to an off-air conversation that you and I had, I mean, really, there's a, a sort of a, 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 a void with uh, rental properties. I mean, I'm not talking about houses that people rent out or or condos that people choose to rent out. I'm talking about the construction of rental properties. That's been a void for quite some time, isn't it? Well, it just hasn't been as profitable for the builders up until recently. You, if you look at the rates of re- rental rates uh, over the, you know, the the term of the last 20 years, they weren't lucrative enough for builders to really go out and say, you know what, what is my return on investment if I build a 200-unit uh, you know, purpose-built rental apartment building? The rentals were just too low. But because you know, the supply has been stripped and now you know, a vast majority of uh, uh, investors have purchased condominium units and now are individual landlords rather than uh, renting from these large uh, you know, asset management companies, the builder is now starting to re-enter, and I actually work with a couple of them. Uh, they're looking for opportunities. They're actually retrofitting things like, you know, old dilapidated hotels and things like that and trying to convert them into uh, a purpose-built rental uh, unit to address this issue. And there are a lot of, there were, I'm not sure they're still around, uh, federal incentives for these developers to, uh, to, to, to tackle this crisis. You know, I want to ask you a question, and this has to do with being a realtor, because Jim just mentioned you're heading into your 27th year. What yep. is it like being a realtor? 27 years ago, it was the it was 1995, and for those of you who remember uh, the the market in 1995, it was the bottom. It was it was in 1989. <laughs> it was literally like someone closed the book on real estate. Um, those 28 percent interest rates. Uh, were, were, and, and people walking away, dropping off keys uh, at the bank when their mortgages came up for renewal, saying basically, you know what, uh, take my house, uh, it's worth less than what I bought it for. That's what it was like back then. And when I actually first um, applied to be a real, real estate agent, that everyone thought it was nuts. Uh, I think we went from something like 20 some odd thousand real estate agents down to 14,000 at that time. And so everyone was just like, why would you do that? And since then, it, it's been a slow and steady climb out of that great recession that we experienced. But for, for those who have been licensed in the last decade or so, they've never really experienced uh, a downturn in the market. I, we, none of us want to see it. Uh, I don't think homeowners want to see it. I don't think realtors want to see it. But we are, we're in the landscape of being a real estate agent has also changed so much with technology and the way that we, you know, we, we used to find houses by having bins of paper being dropped off at the brokerage. So you see a lineup of clients and their agents waiting for the latest listings to come out in front of our brokerage's offices. Well, with the invention of the internet, that's no longer the case. All the information seems to be out there. So we have switched from being, you know, the holders of the information because the consumer has quite a bit of information now to the people that service that information and service the transition process and, and transition them into the dream of ownership or from uh, their uh, existing home to their next home. 
Charles, kind of a broad statement with a question on it. I mean, if we go back 10 years ago when you and I worked in the same office, when the price of gas went up, it was noticeable in the entire economy. There'd be a ripple effect, and that certainly affected real estate. Uh, price of gas goes up. Groceries are going to go up next year. What do you think the ripple effect of all that is? The, the, the resilience of the human nature is what's going to tackle this. I just attended a conference yeah. uh, last week. It was the Property Management Expo. We talked about the electrification of condominium buildings. Uh, that was, you know, I paid for the course. I take these courses so that it, my, my agents can benefit from their knowledge. Uh, we are going to be transi- transitioning to electric vehicles. So that should alleviate some of the issues with the, the, the rising prices in gas. So if someone, if, you know, if they can afford it, they can go out today and they can buy an electric vehicle and, and, and atta- you know, attack that issue. The inflationary price of, 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 of food is another issue. Now, I just... Um, was on a broadcast or watched a broadcast just recently about how people can strategically reduce the amount of waste that they're throwing into the garbage can. Like, you know, when you go grocery shopping, you can actually save on your average grocery bill if you just buy a little bit smarter. And I think all of these things are something that we're just going to, we never addressed them before. It was just like, you know, the price of water when I was a kid, no one cared. You know, everyone, you know, you had leaking tap. You didn't didn't deal with it right away. Now that the, the price of water has gone up so much, you got a leaky tap, you're going to deal with that because, you know, it's, it's just much, it's too expensive uh, not to address it. Charles, I want to thank you for appearing with us today, your continued support of Yes Guy, and I uh, hope you have a great, uh, you and your family, a great holiday season. Thank you. I'm glad to be part of the Yes Guy family, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you, Charles. That's Charles Park. Uh, and while we're on that subject, and this doesn't apply uh, just to people trying to buy or sell a house, you may be a real estate uh, sales rep, and you, you'd be interested in this. If you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park, managing broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies and exclusive coaching and mentoring for a confidential interview call 647-292-8886 or email charles at remaxwest.net. In the 10 years I was licensed, Charles was my mentor. I would recommend other people, but not above Charles. Charles is at the top of the list. There's no question about that. Ready for the hockey season? Shop the Fox 40 call, the official whistle of the NHL on fox40shop.com. The call is issued by all, or used by all NHL officials in every game and is named after the late legendary NHL official John McCauley. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. This is YESGUY, the radio show on TSN 1050, live in your radio, live streaming and podcasting and on demand on Apple CarPlay and Android Auto through the iHeartRadio Canada app. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Elevate your game day gear with the Fox 40 gear, such as a whistle and stopwatch, whistle three pack, or game kit. Shop now at fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do it. What you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Guest number two is Jim Barker, four-time Grey Cup champion. Jimmy, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Just busy down here at the stadium doing some TSN work. Yeah, I know, and I know you're on a time budget, so so we'll get right to it. I mean, if you had to describe these two teams to somebody who hadn't watched the game all year, what would the difference be? You have a team that started the season the way they ended it, on a high note, very physical, 
And then you have a team that kind of struggled to find themselves. Um, in 2019, Hamilton, I mean, I was part of that staff, and we got beat uh, fairly badly physically. And that's hard to come back from. Then you open the season with the same team that beat you up, and then they beat you again. And so for Hamilton, it's been kind of a scramble. They're, uh, you know, around, I think they were eight and six. and uh, But they were playing good at the end. Dane Evans gave them a great spark in the final. And, uh, you know, it's. I think it's going to be an interesting game. The weather's going to be fantastic, which should help Hamilton's speed. And, uh, you know, it's. I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Jim? You are famous for, among other things, having hired Mike O'Shea and Orlando Steinauer as assistant coaches. They have gone on to become very successful head coaches. What is the secret to finding good coaches? What did you see about them? Well, they were both, they were both guys that O'Shea had played for me. So I knew, I knew what kind of student of the game and how, what kind of communicator he was. Orlando kind of came to me through Bob Nicholson who was the president at the time, said, hey, you ought to look at this guy. Because I got hired, and it was February almost. All the coaches already had jobs. So O'Shea was selling, uh, he was selling, I don't know, body parts or something, or medical supplies. And uh, Orlando had just taken a job with Cintas. So I interviewed Orlando, and five minutes of the interview, I said, you you have the job. He's just an incredible communicator also. And, again, both of these guys played a lot of years in the league. They understand the locker room. They understand the things that it takes to build a culture. You don't, coaches don't build cultures. Players do. And these two guys both understand that. And they've allowed their players to develop their locker room. I mean, Jim, you've described two guys who are, can see the big picture and the small picture at the same time. How rare is that? It's very rare. You, I mean, it's, it's just so difficult to, you know, to not only be able to see the, see the pictures, but then to be able to act, to communicate it. This is, coaching is such a huge ego business. And the key is hiring. I mean, in 2010, I was coach, CFL coach of the year. Well, it's because I, I hired guys smarter than me. I hired O'Shea. I hired, Steinauer. I hired guys that were better than, and that's what coaches have to do. You have to strive to hire people that are smarter than you, but that's not always done. Well, Jim, I really enjoyed watching your work on TSN this year. I enjoyed last week. It was frigid, absolutely frigid where you were, but your hair was on point. Your hair has been on point all year. What's the secret to having good hair? Well, my hair was frozen. So that's why I couldn't move because it was frozen. My lips were, I couldn't say Hamilton at halftime. It was so cold. I'm a California guy. This isn't the kind of stuff I can do. They put me out and they put me in minus 21 degrees and said, okay, go out. Well, Duffy, he's from, you know, he's from Ottawa. He's, he's used to the cold was no problem for him. I was dying. But the key to the hair is freeze in freezing weather. Just imagine me in a meat locker. That's what that's what happened to my hair. <laughs> I, I, I think I think that's where the nickname the hammer came from was frozen lips. But <laughs> but let, let me ask you let me ask you a serious football question. Uh, and you were on the staff, so you'd know this. Uh, what what is the difference with the cats when when Masoli is quarterbacking and when Evans is quarterbacking, or is there any difference? 
Well, I think it's kind of evolved through the years. I think Dane took the team last year and really showed great leadership. Didn't have Jeremiah behind him because Jeremiah got hurt. At the start of the season, Jeremiah was, uh, there was no doubt he was the leader. When they came in this year, they had him compete. And it was just kind of, uh, I think it was easier for, uh, for Dane to come off the bench. And he did that. And like I say, you come off the bench in the, in the uh, Eastern final and you go 16 of 16 for 249 yards. And that play he made on Shaq Richardson when he got the ball back right before the half, cause they could have lost all the momentum that, that they were getting with, with Dane. Then when they, you know, they had the interception. So I don't know. I, I just think that he has, he has brought him some energy and, uh, you know, he's right where he was hoping to be, starting the quarterback in the Grey Cup this year. Jim, you and I have been known to uh, spend time at the racetrack making the odd wager, and I made a wager last night with Herb Braley, one of our sponsors. I'm taking Winnipeg. He's taking Hamilton. Even though Winnipeg is uh, three and a half points uh, that you have to give to Hamilton, he bets straight up. So tell me I should feel absolutely, totally confident about my bet. You, well, you probably, you know, you probably should. You should, you know, Hamilton should get about three points. But I think the home field is going to be a big factor. And I just got the call that I have to go back. Oh, so you've got I'm to do some TV work. Okay, here. we'll let you go. I'm sorry about that, but that, you know how this TV no. stuff goes. Oh, I know. They're they're rude people. But anyway, thanks very much, Jim. Appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, Jim. Thanks, Perry. Bye-bye. See ya. All right. That's Jim Barker going to record a segment. So wall-to-wall coverage of the Grey Cup, as you would expect, and is a Canadian tradition on TSN, the TV side, and TSN 1050 as well. Uh, this is an interesting game, Perry. I don't know which way to go. Uh, you know, there's sentimental value in, in backing Hamilton. Uh, uh, Winnipeg looks so good, and uh, you know they both came off games that they they would have loved to have redone the first half in. So I mean, it's really a coin flip for me. How about you? I don't know. I look at Winnipeg. They played as bad as you could possibly play last week, and they still won. I think they they have so much more room to improve off that game, and I just think they have a solid defense, and that's going to neutralize Hamilton. So I have to stick by my bet. It's twenty dollars. It's a lifetime savings for me. So. Sorry, Jim, I know sentimentality is a big thing for you, but I'm going with Winnipeg. Well, I just, you know, I, I don't know how to take it because it, it, uh, when you cover sports and you see a team get away with something, is, is, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but, but win a game that they weren't their best at, you don't know if that projects into their, they're going to be their best in the next game or, or they're going to do the same thing. It's really hard to know that, isn't it? I think we lost them. Anyway, we'll just move on. Uh, next, uh, Sarah Lesky will join us. This segment is sponsored yeah. by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, 
Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Burley Financial Advisors Incorporated. And looking for the perfect holiday gift for the entrepreneur or student in your life. Head over to fox40shop.com to order a copy of Fox 40 founder Ron Foxcroft's new book. It's called The 40 Ways of the Fox. Net proceeds of the book sales go to Liberty for Youth and City Kids, two organizations that do wonderful work in our community. This is Yes Guy on TSN 1050 Live on your radio, live streaming and podcasting and on-demand and Apple CarPlay and Android Auto through the iHeartRadio Canada app. Oh, yes, guy. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTGDean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Jim Taddy, Perry Lefko with you. Pleased to have with us Sarah Orleski from the CFL on TSN and the Jets on TSN. Sarah, how are you today? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you two doing? Well, we're getting through this. Perry, you know, is always a problem, but, you know, we, we motor on. <laughs> you, pers- you persevere. That's nice. whatever I'm Nice guy. Yeah, we- Thanks, guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah, I mean, th- this game, it's, it's just so many ways you could look at it. What, what's your viewpoint on it? I think that this is a game in which I'm, it's such a cliche to say that on any given Sunday, anything could happen. Uh, but we've certainly seen that in breakups before. But I think this is a game we've going in that on paper, the Hamilton Tiger Cats have to play their best, their best game of the season. But also, they need Winnipeg to make some mistakes. In the West Final, we saw, obviously, turnovers were a huge storyline, especially in that first half when the Winnipeg turned the ball over five times, and Saskatchewan wasn't able to capitalize on it. I think Hamilton's going to need some breaks like that in order to be able to come out with the win, because if you just look at just sheer talent and rosters for it, I mean, this Winnipeg team has been the, the class of the CFL all season. Sarah, I'm a huge fan of you. I always have been. And I just asked Jim Barker a few minutes ago about doing the game last week in Winnipeg, and he said basically his hair was frozen. You've been covering so many games when it's been cold out there. What's the secret to staying warm and happy? I have, well, I lost feeling in my extremities many years ago, and I would argue that I probably never got them back. So that's probably what saved me now. Uh, yeah, actually, it was quite funny watching Jim and uh, Jim Duffy last week complain about the temperatures and how cold it was. Uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> you two aren't out here for very long seconds. Like, this is almost, I mean, it was, it was definitely chilly, but it... Um, it was not bad compared to many of the games that I've done before. Um, some of the keys, well, you have battery-powered socks. That's, that's a good one. Um, I'm covered in batteries. It's pretty much Perry the way that I go these days um, because it's, it's very challenging, in particular to speak. Um, as cold as you can get and as much as you lose feeling and everything, uh, it's really the challenge I find is that once that cold air hit your mouth. I could be about five seconds, 10 seconds into a sideline hit and I can feel my mouth freezing up and thinking, oh no, I can't understand what I'm saying. I can only imagine the poor people watching at home. So it can be, it can be a challenge, but I think it's always great for someone to experience, whether it be a player, a coach, a broadcaster, because I don't think you truly appreciate it until you try to, until you try to function in it. (laughs) 
I mean, that's really how you know that somebody's not from Manitoba, right? I mean, the Ontario guys are cold. Wow. But, you know, this is what everyone says to me. They always go, but you're from Winnipeg, so this isn't that bad. As if I spend my time in Winnipeg standing outside for six or eight hours at a time in minus, you know, minus 20 temperatures. You know, we do have... Um, we do have garages and cars, and I like to generally go from one warm, one warm location to another. So, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite lines that get from people is is uh, you're from Winnipeg. Oh, sure, yeah, that just means I like staying outside all the time. I, I maybe appreciate warmth more than anybody because of being from Winnipeg. <laughs> Sarah, so I want to ask you about something different because of COVID. Reporters doing sideline interviews have to actually use like a, a boom mic or whatever, right? It's mm-hmm. a separate distance. What's that? What's that like compared to just standing next to the person doing the interview? So challenging. Um, partly because of well, I find that I yell even more because depending on the location, depending on the stadium that you're in, it can be challenging. And when you're doing the interview, it can be challenging for the player to hear you, and then same thing for me to be able to hear the response from the player and as both of you would be able to appreciate that even if you go in with an idea of what you want to ask them, you want to be able to hear what their answer is in case it's something that either necessitates a follow-up or that, you know, maybe the follow-up to whatever their answer was would be better than the angle that you were originally thinking of going. And it can be challenging to hear it. And it just, I just find that the, just the dynamic changes of it. It changes a bit. Even today being out here at Tim Hortons Field and you're back behind, you know, you're separated by, I mean, a number of feet and by ropes from players. And it's just, it's a, it's a very different dynamic. And I find that it's, it can be challenging even just when you're having conversations, they're not maybe as, um, they're not, maybe it's free flowing or, as casual as what they would have been in the past. So it's certainly, it's changed a lot, and but everybody's been great about it. I think everybody from a player perspective has been willing to deal with everything because we're all just so happy, obviously, that the season was able to happen and that at the end of the day we're able to get a full season in as well. Uh, not to put you on the spot, you've done this for a number of years, uh, and you've done it well, right from the start. So I have to ask you, how did this start for you, and what were your influences? Well, so career-wise, I mean, it was what I always wanted to do, or at least it's all that I remember really wanting to do. Once, um, once I probably got to the teenage years, junior high, I think, is when it really started. And I always joke that I'm one of two girls in my family, and I was... My dad and I, I was maybe more the, the son that he didn't have. Um, we used to sit and watch football and hockey and everything all together. And he always was playing rec sports, and so I'd go and watch him all the time. And I just, every time I would see and be watching broadcasts, I would think that those that were actually at the stadium and that were part of the broadcast team, I thought, what a, as so many people do, obviously, when watching, what a, what a cool job. I mean, you get to be there right where the action is. And so I decided at a young age that it was what I wanted to do. And I was fortunate. Um, you know, I did a lot of volunteering when I was a student at Simon Fraser University and just kind of certain doors opened up um, from, from that. And then started with TSN in 2000, 
the beginning of 2008 and specifically came on board to be a part of the CFL and TSM family. And I think we have so many fantastic anchors and on-air personalities at the network, but I had made it very clear when I was hired, if you were looking to move me into a sports center position at some point in terms of anchoring sports center, I am not interested. Um, it was always to me about being at the, at the event, um, interacting, you know, being a part of the broadcast and being a part of the game. And I've been very fortunate that I've been in the industry since 2002. And as I mentioned with TSN since 2008, have I had a lot of great opportunities and great experiences because of it. Well, Sarah, I have to congratulate Jim Taddy for taking my question, which has forced me into an audible here. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. You always do that, man. Nice guy. Okay. Anyhow, Sarah, I wanted to ask you, there's a lot of, say, young women growing up wanting to be in the business, and I think some of them would probably, you know, come up to you and ask you for advice. Has that happened, and what advice do you give them? Yeah, it absolutely has, and, you know, I didn't take the, I didn't take the conventional path that a lot of people did. There's so many great um, broadcasting programs or different programs now that you can get into across the country, and for me, you know, I went at it differently. I, I went and did a university degree at Simon Fraser um, and started working through, through that way. Um, I always say everyone from a television perspective for it, and I feel really old because I'm sure some of this, to be honest, doesn't even apply anymore <laughs> because, because of how much technology has changed. But um, I used to always say to people, um, you know, obviously read as much as you can. I think that's incredibly important. Be well-versed. Um, don't just, um, whether you're wanting to be in front of the camera, behind the camera, writer, in television, that you want to get, absorb as many different things as you can from as many different mediums and as many different people. Men, men veterans, um, of the industry, those that are coming up. I mean, you look at the way that our industry has changed. I mean, you two can um, have seen firsthand as well. And so there's so many different ways that you can get into it now. But I think that learning as many different skills as possible is key. And this is working hard, and this is not necessarily related to getting into sports, um, television, or the sports industry. But... I'm a huge believer in, and, and this seems so simple, also, sure that you're nice to everybody. <laughs> this is, I feel as if um, there's so many people, it seems so simple, um, but I think that don't feel as if a, you know, a job is beneath you or, or that sort of thing. Well, it's important to be well-rounded, to understand what everybody's different roles are and think that in this industry so much of it you know, becomes about relationships and who you know. And it just, I think that for me, I always notice the people that don't walk about with maybe an air about themselves or, or that sort of thing. If you need to, if you are working with people and they ask you to go run a disc to someone, you run a disc to someone. And, and you just being a part of the team, we cover teams all the time. And I always view working on these broadcasts as being part of a team. So you do what needs to get done in order to make the team better. I probably didn't really extremely well said, much, but 
no, 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 no. You, you, but you've you've connected it all. Uh, so let's let's leave on this. I mean, really, what you're talking about in that game is that Hamilton has to sort of establish themselves, maybe physically early, and go from there. Yes. Oh, well, I think that it is. They need to. They need to win one of the lines of scrimmage. And with no Ted Laurent, that's a huge loss for them there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. They've easily been successful stopping the run throughout the season, but I would argue that they haven't faced a back or a line as good as what you've seen from the Bombers this year and with Andrew Harris back there. So I think that they will need to be physical. They'll need to, if they can't establish a leader lead, they will need to stay close early on in this one and use the home field and the and the home crowd to their advantage because you know obviously it's going to be absolutely filled with Ticat fans desperate to see their um, long streak of um, of the Grey Cup drought end for them so but I do think that it comes down to the line of scrimmage and at the end of the day they'll need to establish a run and they they will definitely need to stop Andrew Harris because when you see what he is able to do what he did this season in limited playing time and then what he was able to do in the West Final as well. This is a man that is very, very focused and very driven to make sure that this Bombers team wins back-to-back championships. Sarah, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. I know you've got a busy day ahead. Thank you so much. It was always great to talk to you guys. Hopefully we get to do it sometime soon. Yep, looking forward to that. Thank you. That's Sarah Lesky from the CFL on TSN and at Grey Cup headquarters in Hamilton. Uh, let's do this, and then we'll we'll break. Uh, coming up next, oh, no, yes, guy, no, guy. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani. He specializes in mortgage financing for purchases, refinances, home equity line of credit, and private lending. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTG Dean. Visit his website, deanromani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, No Guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the fully sanctioned Yes Guy, No Guy edition on the uh, of the Yes Guy radio show. Did I mangle that? Nonetheless, we move on. Guy, go ahead, sir, Guy. You were given a pass from Herb Braley's party last night because you had really worked yourself to the bone the last few days. But the next time Herb Braley throws a party, you will be there. Oh, and emphatic, well, scheduling permitting. Yes, guy. Yeah, so I got into a bit of a jackpot. I did the Raptors game Wednesday night, uh, and then for whatever reason could not sleep. I think the, the coffee at the uh, Scotiabank Arena was fueled by, by jet uh, jet gas or something. I don't know what it was. I got uh, to sleep around 5.30, got up at 9.30, then went in and did uh, game play, and then uh, down to the rink to do the Leafs game. So when I got up yesterday morning, uh, after I made my cup of coffee, I think I passed out for two hours. I had nothing. The tank was empty yesterday, but it's totally revitalized today. So so yes, guy, to that. Yes. Um, yes, guy, no guy, number one from here. We're expecting a vintage, a vintage Grey Cup game Sunday afternoon. No guy. I don't know what vintage means, oh. so I'm saying no automatically. It'll be just a game. It's not going to be high scoring because oh. the CFL doesn't have high scoring games anymore. So I can go emphatic no it will not be a vintage game. Okay, go ahead, sir. When the Detroit Lions won last week, you all of a sudden <laughs> said, there goes the season. We're not going to get the first overall draft pick. 
I believe the line was, there it goes. Yeah, that was, I just had visions. I mean, they do this so often where they just look like nothing. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they, they get good, good enough to ruin the rebuild. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not optimistic here. I think they're still going to somehow find a way to mess that draft pick up. So, uh, was a yes guy to, to what you said there. Um, yes guy, no guy. The first touchdown wins the Grey Cup. No guy. It'll be a field goal that will determine it at the end because that's the CFL. I will say this, though. So far as what Sarah was saying about the Battle of the Lions, Hamilton yeah. needs to have a running game tomorrow. If they don't get that running game going, it's game over. How's that? Well, Ted Laurent's a big loss. That's a huge loss. Yeah. Okay, yes guy, no guy. And this is the wacky one I warned you about way back when we started this thing uh, about 57 minutes ago. Um if I said, yes guy, no guy, plush Lonnie describes the interior of a nice coat. <laughs> what? <laughs> guy. I knew you would do where that. Where do you come I'll up say with it this? Who? I don't it's get one it, of these guy. Pop-up I don't get it, guy. I go on, I go on, I go on these sites. My, my, uh, I went on ESPN to find some material and, and it's talking about plush lining. And I, and I thought I've never heard this particular product described as a selling feature would be plush lining. So I came up with plush lining describes the interior of a nice coat. And you're going to say no guy, right? I'm going to say whatever guy. You go in your own little world there, guy, okay? Uh, okay, so so what this actually describes, and this is not a reason why I would buy a winter boot, but it was the selling feature of a winter boot, plush lining. It's like, no, is it waterproof? Can it keep me warm? I don't care about the lining. As Archie okay, Bunker used to say, help me, Lord, okay? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, sir. When you think of plush, you think of Suzanne Plachette. <laughs> <laughs> no, guy, that's so dated. I mean, that's probably come on, guy. Anymore, give but... me this one. <laughs> no, you, you are your, your references are like thirty to forty years old. No, I'm no that guy. old guy. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> come up with another one. I'm sure you can. We've got about a minute left. All right. We have to get Sarah Orleski to work in Toronto so she can enjoy some warm weather for once. I I love that uh, conversation, and and if you think of it, just because it's always cold outside, that doesn't mean you're standing outside. <laughs> that means, that makes total Who sense to batteries? me. Oh come on! I mean, you've stood you've stood on on a, uh, a sideline in in bad weather. I mean it is. I mean it just gets right in your bones. Yeah, Not but she wears batteries. Do you get do TV people well, wear batteries all the time? You wear whatever you need to wear so you're comfortable. You have to project that you're comfortable. So, I mean, obviously you can't. Your lips are frozen. Your face is frozen. Uh, you know, <laughs> Jimmy Barker's hair is frozen. I love that. That reminded me of a story that when I, I did uh, radio in Hamilton and I was on the morning shift, I always had to have a shower before I went on the air. So in the middle of winter, I would wash my hair, and then I'd drive into Hamilton. I lived in Burlington. I'd get out of the car and walk to the station, and by the time I got to the station, my hair, which was down to my, my shoulders, was completely frozen. Wow. And what on that note, your must- no, what about your mustache too. very quickly? No. Uh, it was frozen, too. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Yes Guy. <laughs> yes Guy! <laughs>